This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge and what my man Eric in the chat calls the best hour of the week. We do it every single week on Fridays, 4 p.m. Eastern time. It's our props extravaganza but many of you are traveling all over the country right now and you want to represent the early edge and we appreciate that but right now till the end of the football season we're doing 20 percent off all of our early edge merchandise take that qr code put in the code early edge 20 and you get 20 percent off and then send us a picture we're going to do something in the new year with everybody who is sporting the early edge gear around this great land of ours now if you watch this show every single week, and we encourage you to watch it live because the numbers just soar after my crew gives out their plays. Last week, another winning week here at the brand. How about collectively 10 and 5? How about my man prop stars right here on this show so far this year? How about 31 and 9? That's a 75% plus clip just on this show. My man Sia last week, three of four, also gave out an extra pick at Sportsline on Twitter. That hit as well. So my guys are on fire. Let's bring them in. You don't have to wait any longer. You know him. You love him. It's the four of us most weeks. Now, he's always on loan, but he's part of us from fantasy football today. Uncle Dave, good afternoon, sir. I am motivated to do better every single week by two factors. Number one, the way that Sia and Alex just come up with winners off the top of their heads. They are geniuses. I am in awe of them. And number two, the positivity that you radiate, Coach, the fun that you have, it stays with me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have a winning week, too. Thank you, bro. I appreciate the compliment. I needed that today, to be honest with you. You didn't even know, but I needed that today. So thank you, Dave. All right, next. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, he is the best-looking man in all of the early edge universe. See you in a shot. Good afternoon, sir. I don't know how to follow that up. Uh, Dave, uh, that, that is awesome. I feel the same way. I mean, we, we universally call this our favorite hour of the week, and that contemplates everything, right? Outside of sports, outside of the early edge, family time. I'm serious. This No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> my wife's probably listening. So the thing is, I'm really excited. You know, we've got a lot of props to give out. You know, it's interesting that a lot of a lot of props still kind of trickle out after this show. And I think there's something to that. I mentioned it last week, but uh, you know, maybe I'll have to release another pick tomorrow or certainly on the, the 12 o'clock uh show Sunday when we talk about the uh the entire slate. Speaking of releasing, I think maybe that should become your thing is is a bonus pick from Sportsline on Twitter every single week. By the way, speaking of releasing, if your beautiful wife hears you talk like that, she's going to release another song about you. And I don't know if we want that. I don't know if you I'm, want that. I'm just trying to motivate her. I'm trying to give her the material. That's all I'm doing. She, she's a hell of a singer. If you guys don't know, if you guys don't know, go check out social media. She's amazing. Now, speaking of amazing, I told you the numbers. 31 and 9. I joke a lot, but I could not be more serious. We are thrilled every single week. He's on our team. Prop stars from parts unknown. Good afternoon, sir. Coach, what's good? Uncle Dave, Cousin Sia. Cousin Sia took the words right out of my mouth. This is my favorite hour of the week. Couldn't be more excited halfway through the season. I can't believe it. I'm excited for an even bigger second half, hopefully. That's exactly right. Week nine. And also you saw this week how crazy the NFL can be, how crazy props can be. Be very, very careful because we have what they call the cooler where you have a good stretch. Then all of a sudden you cool off. Well, everybody has it. Everybody has it. So it's usually about around this time. All right. So on this show, if you are brand new to it, we don't go through every single game on the slate. That's on Tuesday. That's on Sunday. This is all about props. We only do games that my boys have prop picks in. 
So with that being said, gentlemen, are you ready to start? Can we Let's get it, it going? Let's do it. All right. So the first game that we have a pick in, Uncle Dave, I'm coming right to you. Now, the Panthers, they looked really better the last couple of weeks. They beat the Bucks. Then last week, DJ Moore, even though we cashed it, see ya, he still took his helmet off. Shouldn't have been a penalty. It was. It cost him an extra point. Cost them the game. So they're traveling to Cincinnati. The Bengals looked awful against the Cincinnati Browns, or excuse me, the Cleveland Browns. They're laying seven. That number's come down. Total 42 and a half. Now, Panthers have a quarterback that's become viable, Dave. What do you like here? I like P.J. Walker to throw for over 184 and a half passing yards, minus 111 at Caesars Sportsbook. Uh, let's start with the basics. The dude had 317 yards last week before overtime. He didn't actually even throw a pass in overtime. He even had 255 yards before that late 62-yard touchdown bomb to D.J. Moore that I know so many of us truly enjoyed he even had 161 yards after three quarters he's throwing the ball pretty well there's some moments where he looks pretty bad but they're letting him throw and i would argue that this week's matchup is actually better than last week's matchup for kind of what you were getting to coach it's because that cincinnati defense not only do they look bad last week they added injury to insult their secondary has been ravaged top outside cornerback chadobia woozy out for the year Top slot corner, Mike Hilton. Do not discount that move. He is a good cornerback. He's out. He's not playing this week. Backup cornerback, Trey Flowers, isn't expected to go. So we've got Eli Apple, Cam Taylor Britt, and somebody who I didn't know called Jalen Davis, who's a special teamer. He's going to play in the slot. Uh, DJ Moore, who's already been playing about a third of the snaps in the slot since P.J. Walker took over, look for him to play even more there now as the Panthers look to take advantage of this matchup. P.J. Walker may not be asked to do a ton throwing the ball, but I'm looking for a couple more deep passes. I'm looking for yards after the catch. I'm looking for mistakes by this Cincinnati defense, and I kind of expect the Cincinnati offense to bounce back a little bit after last week. Could be an up-and-down game. I think it's easy for P.J. Walker to get at least 200 yards on Sunday. No, against this team, I cannot believe it's this number now. Um, Fantasy Life says, I'm seeing 196 for PJ. Well, it could be two things. A, I told you the numbers change like that. B, all the books are, always have passing numbers different from 5 to 10 yards. So your book could have it at 196. We have it at 180. What is it? 184 and 184 a half. 184 and a half. 184 and a half. Alex, go. Yeah, it's currently 184 and a half on DraftKings right now. Uh, I talk about this a lot. Props are extremely volatile. There's not a lot of liquidity on them. So oftentimes if a if a group calls a prop or multiple people wager on it at the same time, it can cause a lot of line movement, which is what happened. I know PJ Walker actually opened, I think, at 198, and he's been bet down. So I think Dave got some really good value here getting at that low at that number. All right, very good. Now, uh, while... Alex was talking. Many of you put uh, your potential props into the chat. I'm writing them down. At the end of the show, we do kind of a rapid fire, and we get to all the ones in the games, like the Falcons game, like the Marcus Mariota game. We don't have a pick in that, but we'll answer that question, Reed, at the end of the show. Don't even worry about it. We got you. All right, now, that's where we start. Dave, thank you very much. Great start. Now, let's go to Washington. So much news with the commanders this week. Is Daniel Snyder actually going to sell the team or is he trying to get liquidity to build a stadium? We don't know, but the commanders have played better the last couple of weeks. They're at home. The Vikings though, they've only lost once. They're right at the top of the NFC North. They're laying three total 43 and a half, but we don't care about that. We care about wide receivers and Alex, you went into the lab and you came out and it's rare that you target two superstars, but that's exactly what you've done. Talk to me. Yeah, first up, we're going with the Commander's superstar wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. I like him over 67 and a half receiving yards. He has been red hot over the last two weeks. He's compiled 16 targets, 11 receptions, 186 receiving yards. That's all with Taylor Heineke at quarterback since he's taken over. We've seen a drastic difference in McLaurin's production. They've had great chemistry uh, throughout all of Taylor Heineke's starts. They've played 18 career games together. McLaurin's averaging 66 receiving yards to go with 7.8 targets when they're on the field together over that 18-game sample. Now he gets a Vikings pass defense that ranks 28th in coverage grade, and they're a great matchup on paper. They've been extremely generous to opposing number one 
wide receivers. According to Football Outsiders, the Vikings are dead last in DVOA, two opposing number one wide receivers this year. That bodes very well for Terry McLaurin. The Vikings are surrendering 198 receiving yards per game, two opposing wide receivers. That is the most by a lot in the NFL on a per-game basis. Also, lots of injuries for these Washington pass catchers as well. J.D. McKissick, I believe, was ruled out. Uh, Jahan Dotson's going to be inactive. Logan Thomas is questionable going into it. So it's basically McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and then a bunch of guys. So I think this is a great spot to McLaurin uh, against a very subpar Minnesota secondary. I love this at 67.5. I'd play this one up to 69.5 or 70.5. So that is my favorite prop as far as the commanders go. And then we're also staying in this same game on the other side. I love Justin Jefferson. However, I like his anytime touchdown a lot, especially because we can get this at plus 105 currently on DraftKings. Look, I think everybody knows Justin Jefferson's having a fantastic season, averaging over 100 receiving yards per game. I also think the Vikings are going to air the ball out a lot in this matchup against the Commanders. The Commanders have been really good, sneakily quiet against the run this season. They're second in rushing DVOA compared to 28th in passing DVOA. I often talk about the path of least resistance. That is going to be through the air for this Minnesota team. Looking at Justin Jefferson, when we talk about all this guy's metrics, it is unbelievable. He ranks in the top 90th percentile in route participation, target share, air yard share, targets per route, yards per route run, and air yards per target. The guy is absolutely phenomenal. One area, though, where he maybe has regressed a little bit or not necessarily regressed, but he hasn't been catching touchdowns. He only has two touchdown receptions this season. I look closely at his red zone stats and he's getting a ton of targets in the red zone. He just hasn't been converting those. Uh, only 27% of his red zone targets as he's converting into receptions this year. In his career, he converts over 50%. So he's certainly performing under expectations. I expect some positive regression. I love his chances of scoring a touchdown against a very soft Washington secondary. They've also given up quite a few receiving touchdowns through the air. I think it's going to be really hard for Minnesota to run the ball against them. So I love Justin Jefferson to score a touchdown, especially at plus odds. He's due for a big game. I sprinkled a little bit on two as well, Coach. You know I can't help myself. Uh, speaking of multiple touchdowns, uh, a few weeks ago we had a plus 2,500. I can't remember what it was. Can you help me out with that, Alex? Can... Austin Eckler, three touchdowns, oh. Coach. Oh, it was Austin Last night, what was your best bet for the Eagles game? Miles Sanders, anytime touchdown. Oh, Miles Sanders, anytime touchdown last night. Okay, okay. It feels like it's becoming a habit that you're cashing these anytime touchdown tickets. Maybe sprinkle on multiples. Oh, man, I love. By the way, I think we're going to make history. Do you realize that your McLaren number, most books have it less than what you gave it out right now. Now it's moving, Great. but some people are having it at 65. Some people are getting it at 66. I implore you to play it right now. I don't want to get a tweet on Sunday. Coach, what happened? It's at 72. We tell you right here, live on the show, every single time. Now, see, I've made you sit there long enough. I have made you sit there long enough. Next game, Dolphins. And this number keeps climbing, just like on our NFL Mega Preview with Larry M squared, RJ White on Tuesday. We talked like it would, and it is moving. Bears, they've been able to score lately, though. They're not just the score nine points and lose Bears anymore. Total sitting at 45 and a half. Now, every time, see, I hear this name, I go back to that Saved by the Bell episode, Mooney's Shoes for Men, or whatever that was. I don't know why I do that, but I do. You're up. Oh, I love the Saved by the Bell references, by the way. But um, we're going to be saved by Darnell Mooney this week. I, I, he, I've got his over 42 and a half receiving yards. Listen, it's very scary to take a, a Bears receiver at any type of over, whether it's the receptions or whether it's the yards. But in this case, I think we're seeing a progression for Justin Fields in terms of more dropbacks, more efficiency in the passing game. Yes, he's scrambling a little bit more too. But what I like in this game is I think Darnell Mooney is certainly going to be the primary target. Yes, Chase Claypool will get a some number of snaps probably not a ton but if anything he's just going to take maybe some attention away from darnell mooney i don't think it hurts or helps mooney in this regard but i think we're also probably looking at a negative game script certainly vegas and the sports books think that as well with 
Miami coming into Chicago and being a four and a half point favorite. Uh, I like what we're going to see on the other side. It's at Soldier Field, but I think two and, and, and company are going to be able to move the ball. I think that's going to require Justin Fields to actually make a few more pass attempts than he would normally in a neutral game script. And frankly, I like I like Justin Fields' uh, pass completions at 14 and a half too. That is a lean for me, but it's certainly not an official play. But I do think we're going to get quite a few targets to Darnell, Darnell Mooney, maybe three to four to I should say maybe three to four to five to six catches. I think six is probably a little bit much. But the point is, against this Miami secondary, which is admittedly getting a little bit healthier, I do expect Mooney to get behind this defense maybe one or two times and surpass this pedestrian total of 42 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, John in the chat says that at DraftKings, it's only at 40 and a half. So again, we're beating the number on the show, which is awesome. That's what we're trying to do. That's the whole point. Now, Dave. A couple of weeks ago, I lost a showdown to Sia. And to be fair, it was not close. Because Sia had the over on Justin Fields and said, I think he's going to play good. And he did. And he played good the next week. He's starting to feel himself a little bit. And when he uses his legs, that's when he's at his best. What do you like? Well, it's what what's interesting about that, Coach, is that Chicago's changed their offense over the past four weeks to weaponize Fields' legs. And that's what's made the whole difference. He seems way more comfortable out there, not just as a runner, but also as a passer. So I'm going to think about taking the over 49 and a half rushing yards. That number just went up, by the way, at Caesar Sportsbook, minus 115. He's been over this in three straight games and four of his past five games. Like I mentioned, he takes off and runs when he doesn't see anybody open downfield. He also takes off and runs when he's pressured in the past four weeks with this reconfigured offense that Chicago has fields has averaged 8.1 yards per rush and has pretty much earned 50% of his rushing yards when he's been pressured. Who's he taking on this week? It's the dolphins who blitz at the third highest rate in the national football league. And they just got Bradley Chubb. So what do you think this defense is going to do? They're coming after Justin Fields. What do you think Justin Fields is going to do? Oh, you think he's going to curl up and cry and take a sack? No, he's going to run. He's going to run a lot. I would play this all the way to like 56 and a half. I think he's got a great game coming for fantasy with a lot of rushing numbers. I agree with you. This Dolphins team, they're really good. And Alex, let me come to you because I want to hit on Tyreek Hill and Waddle. We've been cashing them a lot and their number, they've been sailing over their numbers because they're so dynamic. Is this a matchup for those two and for Tua that you like this week? Uh, it certainly is, Coach. I may or may not have a column that is coming out sometime within the next hour or two, and Jalen Waddle may or may not be featured in <laughs> said column, Coach. So I absolutely love Jalen Waddle this week. It is going to be a bit of a different game environment against Chicago compared to Detroit. Chicago is more of a run funnel. However, uh, they also invite a lot of passing yards as well, and this is certainly a matchup I expect to to, uh, to attack aggressively. I think it's fair to say at this point that Miami is a passing team. So I think despite the game environment uh, potentially being a little bit different in comparison to what we saw last week against the Lions, this is still a good spot for both uh, Waddle and Tyreek. And I'm going back to the well with Jalen Waddle. I just love what I have seen. So hyper-efficient, and we're getting a near 20-plus yard discount in comparison to Tyreek, and he's been every bit as good, in my opinion, or almost every bit as good as Tyreek. So love both these guys, and Chicago has really struggled containing big plays, and they don't pressure the quarterback, which is what Tua has struggled with this season so you allow him that give time that allows all those routes to develop deep down the field so i could see both these guys having a huge game coach i never tell these guys what i'm going to ask them see ya go no uh coach i just wanted to that, that, what alex just said i think further contextualizes the uh, negative game script for the chicago bears and the darnell mooney prop but one thing i probably should just sort of set the table for is that the last five games Darnell Mooney has surpassed this 40 and a half, 41 and a half, 42 and a half, depending on where you get it. I see it at 41 and a half kind of universally, but I did notice DraftKings does have it at 40 and a half. It's minus 120 right now. So it's of course juiced to the over, but that's absolutely a great number. And again, he has surpassed this total in the last five games straight. Big cheesy 707 says, this is the show to get your nuggets. These cappers know their stuff. You're damn right. They do. So glad I'm a member because these aren't their only picks. They give us money. 
I tell you that all the time. There are so many more picks at Sportsline. And by next fall, we'll have the entire props section up and running in addition to the sides and the totals. That is coming. I can promise you that. All right, next game. And I'm still very, very frustrated at the Buffalo Bills, but more so the Green Bay Packers for their game plan down 17. Let's run the play clock out every single play. The over doesn't come in. (laughs) The Bills are laying 11 and a half on the road. That's a robust number. We saw it last night. Anybody can cover. The Texans covered last night. So the Jets... Total 46, getting 11 and a half at home. And Dave, uh, I got to tell you, I'm not surprised at these two plays because it doesn't matter. We know, based off of what we heard last week, that Zach Wilson will be in the game no matter what, the rest of the season, good, bad, or ugly, which leads to what? It leads to him throwing a lot because this is a good Bills run defense. And you saw the line at minus 11 and a half. This is a game the Jets are expected to lose. That's not really saying much. So I'm expecting Zach Wilson to throw over 33 and a half pass attempts. Minus 108 at Caesars. That line made me pause for a second. But I'm just going to take advantage of it because I think Zach Wilson is going to throw a lot. In 10 career losses as a starter, when he hasn't been hurt, he's averaged 33.4 pass attempts per game. But hmm, that's not that's not 34 or more pass attempts. What's the difference? And the difference is this. Without Brees Hall, this Jets offense stinks. They can't run the football. Last week was an example of that. Michael Carter, James Robinson, Ty Johnson, they combined for 48 rush yards on only 14 carries. Coach, that's three and a half yards per carry. That's not going to get it done. That's certainly not going to get it done against Buffalo when this Bills defense is going to keep them contained and that Bills offense is going to put points on the board. So that means Russell Wilson's going to have to throw. That's just how this game script is going to go. It's not pretty when he throws, and I'm not looking for him to get 250 yards. Last week, he had over 300. I'm not expecting him to be a great fantasy quarterback. I just expect him to throw the ball a lot, and that's what counts here. And the past three teams to play against the Buffalo Bills, it's the Steelers, it's the Chiefs, it's the Packers. They average 40.7 pass attempts against them. It's going to happen again. Zach Wilson, over 33 and a half attempts. And when he does throw the football, gentlemen, It will be Tyler Conklin at the other end of those passes a decent amount of the time. So I'm taking Tyler Conklin over 27 and a half receiving yards at minus 121. He's been a regular target for Zach Wilson on two fronts. Number one, ever since Corey Davis went out, he's saw an uptick in targets. Number two, because Zach Wilson is under so much pressure and he's running around, he's looking for short area targets. Conklin is certainly that but he can also catch a couple of passes down the seam. He's actually a decent tight end without Davis over these past two games, 16 targets, 10 catches, one game with under 22 yard, under 27 yards. It was 22 yards against Denver. And then last week against the Patriots, the Patriots, 79 yards. I think he can have a good game. I think he can come through for decent numbers. I want to give one last stat. If I may, Matt Milano is questionable for the game. He only got in one day's worth of practice. That's the linebacker who covers tight ends for the Buffalo Bills. He's very good at it. Without him on the field in 2026 games and same defensive schematic scheme, he allowed 130 yards to Mike Kosicki, 40 yards to Johnny Smith, 65 yards to Travis Kelsey. That's actually low for Kelsey. Jacob Hollister, I don't even know who that is, 60 yards. Dan Arnold, we make fun of his name, 34 yards. Hunter Henry, we all know who he used to be in fantasy, 67 yards. Final point. I think the under is a sucker bet here. 22 yards is what he's had in three of his past four. They're trying to get you to take the under. Don't fall for it. He's going to get work. He might only get 35 or 38 yards, but he's going to come through on this one for us. My favorite prop of the week. Oh, it's his favorite prop of the week. By the way, I wrote this down to make sure I could ask you correctly. Did you say schematic scheme? I want to see proof that you wrote it down. <laughs> you did. I do. You did. I swear to God. I, I swear to God. I'm like. I, I thought to myself, okay, how can I deflect from this as fast as possible? You didn't you. write I that down, you. Coach. No way. You. And you did. I did. I'm into this show. Are you kidding me? I love this so much, Alex. Go. 
Coach, a quick bone to pick with you. I believe before uh, Dave gave out those two wonderful picks, I might add, you said that uh, the Texans covered last night. Is that correct? Correct. Damian Pierce covered last night, Coach. <laughs> Damian Pierce, who I might add, I gave out at plus 500 odds to win Offensive Rookie of the Year on a little show we do, Coach, called The Early Edge in Five. If you got that bet currently, it's plus 175 odds, so it pays to watch. My apologies, Alex. My apologies. Quick chat one in this game, so we'll do it right now. See, I'll come to you. You guys are too much. Uh, Josh Allen, I told you, Sia, that moving forward, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, I'm playing their overs, rushing every single time. Big Cheese, he's asking. His number's 41 and a half. I wrote it down. 41 and a half minus 115 for Josh Allen. Well, this is a similar situation to what we discussed last night in Monday Night Football when it came to Jalen Hurts. Is is Josh Allen going to be pressed to really use his legs, particularly in the second half? I think the answer to that is no. And we saw with J- and I don't even know what Jalen Hurts' total number was, but I think it was below the forty-two and a half that w- that was um, put out there by the book. So I-, I don't see a scenario where Josh Allen is pressed to rush, and-, and therefore I just really don't like that prop. If they're facing a more formidable opponent, if the spread is not thirteen or fourteen. Then yeah, I think that prop is just fine. But in Jalen Hurts' case last night, it's the same type of issue. I think the under came in. And for the record, Jalen Hurts two weeks ago when they blew out the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe it was like thirty-five to thirteen. He had two rushes for ten yards. So in these non-competitive games, coaches don't like to leverage their quarterback uh, by way of potential injury by running them. So I don't see a big running game from Josh Allen. I do want to point out, um, I do think it's going to be a condensed target share for the New York Jets. And and I. I like Dave's prop uh, prop with Conklin. I kind of have a lean towards Garrett Wilson over 46 and a half receiving yards as well because of that condensed share. Corey Davis is not going to play, and who knows what's going on with Elijah Moore at this point. Okay, okay. Real quick, did you, uh, you didn't say Gabe Davis, did you? Which number? Who did you say? Corey Davis is, is out if I said Gabe. It's oh. Corey Davis who's not playing for the Jets. No, that was going to be my next question because they have a chat question on Gabe Davis. Let me come back to Alex. Uh, 54 and a half quickly, 15, 20 seconds. Yeah, I'd lean over on Gabe Davis here. I like this spot for him, especially if Sauce Gardner is going to be locking up or not locking up, but attempting to lock up Stephon Diggs. All right, real quick, Dave, because I know you got to run later. So uh, Fields, we were already on that game. Let's go back a little bit. His passing number is 172. Dave, do you like that? I, I think I do. It's It's a competitive number. He's been over that now four of his past five games. So maybe they're trying to goge into taking the over on that, but I still think yeah. he finds a way, especially with Claypool there. The Bears have signaled to us that they want to try and become a better passing team. This is their first opportunity to show us that. And for what it's worth, the Dolphins secondary is still dealing with a lot of injuries. Yeah, fair enough. Great information from all three on that game. Uh, by the way, a lot of people happen to watch Early Edge in 5, Alex, because they're saying they learned from that show and they're riding with you. It's amazing how they find us. How do you do it if you're brand new to the brand? Turn on your notifications. Then every single time a show starts, ding, you can turn it on and you get great plus 500 sometimes just like that. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, moving on, gentlemen. This one is what I like to call interesting. You've got a Raiders team that has completely underperformed, yet they're going on the road for the second straight week. They laid an egg in the Big Easy. So two weeks in a row, you get Big Easy. They're staying on the East Coast. Then they're going to play in Jacksonville. Laying two, total 48. See, I'm going to start with you because I watched that entire game in London. I hadn't watched the Jags for an entire game all year. I was blown away 
by how fast and strong Travis Atien is. Blown away. Do you like him this week? I like him a lot. I mean, this is why they invested the, the draft capital in him. This is why they felt comfortable letting James Robinson go. I like Travis Etienne over 76 and a half rushing yards at minus 125. By the way, he's hit this number three games in a row. Um, he's getting full-time work, obviously, without uh, um, James Robinson. His rushing attempt volume has gone up, as you might expect. Three games ago, it was only 10 rushes. By the way, he was super efficient with those rushes. But then it was 14, and then last week it was 24. This is a, a team that absolutely has to win to have to save their season at all. Of course, they're going to give it to their best player, who has been extremely efficient. That yards per carry, by the way, over those last three games with 10, 14, and 24 rushing attempts, 8.6, 8.1, 6.5. And he's also prone to the explosive play. I actually have a lean to his longest rush over 17 and a half. The last four games, he's hit that 49, 49, 48, 30 have been his longest rushes over the last four. My take on that is, yeah, I do like the longest rush, but I still think he's going to get the volume. So if he hits the longest rush, he's probably going to hit my over 76 and a half rushing yard over anyway. So I would defer to the 76 and a half. But I love Travis Etienne, whether it's DFS or redraft or if you have him in Dynasty, you know, congratulations. I like Travis Etienne this week quite a bit. I'll tell you what. You don't get to see a lot of Jacksonville's games, but in London you do. And that was pretty, pretty impressive. Now, I love it when two of my cappers have the same name, just a different bet. We call that Synergy. So, Alex, I'm coming to you. What am I talking about? Yeah, I'm with Sia here. I love Travis Etienne as well. I took his over uh, combination line, rushing plus receiving. You can get that currently, I believe, at 103 and a half. On DraftKings, listen, Sia summed it up well, but I'll just to piggyback on what he said, Etienne has been absolutely dynamic. He's eclipsed this particular line in four straight games since taking over as a starting running back uh, in this Jaguars backfield. He's averaging over 140 scrimmage yards, and he's doing this on elite efficiency, 6.2 yards per carry. Uh, also, the Jags have completely committed to him. He had an 81% snap share in week seven, 79% last week. That is like Saquon Barkley territory as well. He has been phenomenal looking at all the metrics, rush yards over expected per attempt. Uh, he ranks second in the NFL. He's third in running back success rate, uh, the fifth in breakaway percentage. He has been just absolutely phenomenal. Also, uh, this Vegas team, they have a somewhat uh, decent run defense, but to me, this is just – ATN is such an elite dynamic player that it doesn't even matter against this Vegas rush defense that has been decent, but I think it's more uh, as a result of their pass defense uh, being bad that teams are uh, deciding to pass against them, but uh, – this guy, uh, in my opinion, this line should be set closer to like 110 to 115. I also love his combination line because it provides uh, some security in the event that the Raiders are able to get a lead in this game, forcing the Jaguars to maybe not run the football as much as they would like to. The Raiders are giving up 61 receiving yards per game to opposing running backs. That's the second most in the NFL. This guy is just a big play waiting to happen every time he touches the ball. He's very likely going to get between 20 and 24 total touches in this game. And if he does, he's going to sail over this number. I also really agree with Sia when he talked about uh, looking at his big play potential, hitting his longest rush as well. Again, this guy is just electric with the football in, in his hands. One of the best running backs players right now in the NFL. Love his combination line over 103 and a half combined rushing and receiving. I played up to about 107 and a half. And you like a player on the other side as well, but to fade him, correct? Yes, this one's not for the faint of heart here, Coach. <laughs> we had one of these last week with Josh Jacobs. It worked out for us pretty well. I am fading Devontae Adams in this game. Under six and a half receptions. Again, you might want to hold your breath here a little bit. I feel like this number should be five and a half, though, in my opinion. Listen, Devontae Adams, absolutely one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. No doubt about that. But I just have not been very impressed with the way that the Raiders are choosing to deploy him and utilize him instead of taking his ability, taking advantage of his ability to essentially run every single route. They just have him running 
go routes most of the time just does not make sense to me. They're ignoring his ability to work over the intermediate and short area uh, parts of the field. Uh, Also, I just feel like the Raiders, when they've been at their best this season, they're running the football a lot. If you look at that three-game stretch where they won two of the games and lost to your Chiefs coach by only one point, they had just run the football a ton in those games. Also, Derek Carr did not advance the ball past the 50-yard line last week. That is not a misprint. He was that terrible. That was one of the worst quarterback performances of the season by far. Uh, I just don't have a lot of faith in that passing offense. I think the Raiders want to run the football and limit Carr's attempts because he is just not – passing the ball well whatsoever here. Also, we have Darren Waller potentially returning to the lineup. Uh, we know Hunter Renfro's there. We know Matt Collins. There's, there's, there are some mouths to feed on this offense as well. Uh, so, yeah, I just think six and a half is a big number. Furthermore, Jacksonville, really quickly, they're a tough matchup. They get after the quarterback very well. They're 10th in EPA per dropback. Uh, they're solid in coverage, but their pass rush, again, is phenomenal. They're second in quick pressure rate in addition to second in team pass rush win rate, which is going to force Carr to get rid of the ball really quickly. And when you're running go routes down the field, it's hard to take advantage of that if he's having to get rid of the ball quickly. So I just don't think this is a high volume passing offense anymore in Las Vegas. I just think six and a half is too big for Devontae Adams. So I like him under six and a half receptions. I'd play it to about minus 125. You're damn right you would. So Dave, let me come to you. Based off of everything Alex just said, chat question, uh, Jacobs over 77 and a half rushing yards. We fade him last week and Alex crushed that. But This is a different defense than the Saints. Do you like him this week? I like him because of the matchup, although the matchup's not, like, amazing for him. Jacksonville's been okay against the run lately. They've actually been particularly good, but some of that has to do with who they've played. Uh, I I think this is where the Raiders do go to get back on track. I don't think it was necessarily Carr playing terrible last week, for the record. I think it was the offensive line. They couldn't protect him. He was under Mm -hmm. duress. He made some good throws. But he also had some drops, including one from Devontae Adams. We need to root for that this week so that he goes under. But I think Jacobs does end up being the focal point again. I I think I would lean toward the over here for Jacobs. Very, very good. By the way, listen to my man Michael in the chat. He says over 400 people watching live. We've got a nice audience this afternoon. Only 55 likes. you got to hit that like button for us. Why does it matter when you pull up the shows, wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, the more – the higher we get, you don't have to look for the show that much. So help us out. Help us out. Hit that like button for me. Take the chat down. Hit it. Put it right back up. You can keep on talking. Keep on talking. All right, let's move on to our next game. We just have two more games to get to. Packers, Lions. Let me repeat that. Packers, Lions. And Green Bay somehow. Lane three and a half. Total 49 and a half. <laughs> keep in mind, do not touch this over. I made the mistake last week of playing the Packers over. They're the slowest team in the entire NFL. Even when they're down 17, the brilliant coaching staff said, let's take the play clock down every single play. And then when they open up the offense, what happened? Touchdown pass, moving the ball. It was too late. It was too late. But we don't care about the spread. We don't care about the total. Dave, we care about field goals in this game. Damn it. Yeah, baby. And we're not even rolling with the Packers field goal kicker here. It's Michael Badgley over one and a half field goals made at plus 100 at Caesars. Here's why green Bay two plus field goals allowed to each of the past four kickers, six of eight on the season. Their defense isn't good enough to stop teams from scoring all the way, but good enough to allow some field goal kicks Badgley this year, two field goals made in every game Detroit this year, multiple field goals made in four of their past six. I don't know why I said Detroit this year when it's just four of their past six, I think they've landed on Badgley being their kicker. And I think they've learned from previous games that going for it on fourth down all the time may not necessarily work. And I also think there's a chance the lions hang around in this game, which means they're going to need field goals to stay in it and to put points on the board and maybe even take the game late on a Michael Badgley field goal. I just like the track record of how he's been doing the opportunities that the Lions have been giving him and the fact that the Packers have let kickers go for those three pointers very frequently in their past four games. That's exactly right. And Alex's pick, by the way, I just noticed who's in the chat. We've got a celebrity, ladies and gentlemen, one of the true bosses and innovators in this business. Noah 
is in the chat. Everybody, just say hello to Noah and say thanks for taking the time because we appreciate it. Nobody smarter at developing these type of shows and businesses than my man Noah in the chat. So just say hello to him right there. Now, Alex, I'm coming back to you because if we're going to have a lot of field goals in this game, or at least two is what we need, that means the Lions are not moving the ball and the Lions are not making progress all the way down the field, which could lead to what? Coach, this is probably my favorite prop of the week. Uh, I think Jared Goff under 23 and a half completions is such a good play. I'm going to explain why. First of all, this is just a big number for Goff. First off, he's averaging 22.7 passing uh, completions per game. Also, Green Bay is one of the biggest run funnels in the, NFC, in the NFL this year. Almost all of their opponents are heavily weighted towards the run, which thus results in minimal passing attempts and minimal completions. Green Bay's defense are ranked 31st in rushing DVOA compared to 9th in passing DVOA. I expect Detroit to roll out a pretty balanced game plan and lean heavily on both Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift in this matchup. Coach, on the other side, you talked about it. Green Bay is the slowest team in the NFL. They burn more clock than any team in football. The offense is predicated on long drives and keeping their defense off the field. They average 31.3 seconds per play. That is longer than any other team in the NFL. Also, if we look at other quarterbacks that have faced this uh, uh, Green Bay defense, only Tom Brady has thrown for more than 24 completions this season. Average, or excuse me, opposing quarterbacks are averaging only 17.5 completions per game. That's the fewest in the NFL on a per game basis against the Packers. This game also has a three and a half point spread and the Packers have yet to blow out anybody. Their ball control offense just creates a competitive game environment as well. If this game stays somewhat close, which I think most people would suggest it will, he's just very unlikely to get near a number this big. I'd play this one down to 22 and a half, actually my favorite prop of the week by a wide margin, actually. And Shout out to Noah. <laughs> See, let me come to you. Chat question. The one receiver that actually looked good and had a phenomenal touchdown catch for the Packers last week was, of course, Mr. Dubs. D-O-U-B-S. Now, his number is four and a half catches. The juice is minus 145, though. Your thoughts? Juice to the over. That's really interesting because we don't exactly know what's going on with Alan Lazard or Christian Watson yet. They're both questionable. And I, I frankly don't know if they're on the right side of questionable or the wrong side of questionable because their injuries are a little mysterious. Watson with the concussion, and I believe a, a soft tissue injury for Alan Lazard. Uh, that's why I don't think I like that prop. The thing about Romeo Dobbs, and, and, and I say this in DFS a lot too, specifically about him, is we don't really know what his floor is exactly. And, and it's pretty like to the extent it's, it's it's not a safe floor. Let's put it that way. I think four and a half catches is too much, even against the Detroit Lions. We don't know this. Like if we get clarity on the other two uh, receivers that, that I just mentioned, Watson and Lazard, then maybe I, I would consider that. But right now I would be looking at other guys that I think are a little safer from a reception standpoint. For example, Robert Tunyon, uh, guys like that. I, I don't think Romeo Dobbs has a safe floor. Okay. Yeah, he can be spectacular, but doesn't mean he's going to catch five balls against the Lions. Dave, let me come to you real quick. Amon St. Brown receiving 73 and a half. Based off of Alex's information, I'm assuming we would go to the under there. Yes. The one worry that I have about taking the under with St. Brown is that he's just so involved in the Lions passing game. Double digit targets in three of what, six games this year. And he, he was limited in two of those games, nine plus targets in four of six. I, I just I can't vouch for the under. I would probably rather take the over if played at all. all right. You're shaking your head, Alex. Give me 10 seconds of why you're shaking your head. Uh, I agree with Dave. I was just I was nodding in agreement. That's just, that's the shortest answer Alex has ever given right there. <laughs> he just he just made history. Just made history. All right. We got one game left. And don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday morning show, noon show, 730 show. Plenty more props will come out between now and then we'll have those on that particular show. So I'm looking at the Seahawks. I'm looking at the Cardinals. Cardinals lane two, total 49. And Sia, I'm looking at a guy who seems to get better and better every week. And if they can just figure out how to get him the ball, then maybe he could explode. Who do you like? 
Yeah, I like Ron. There's two plays I like in this game. And, and the one you're talking about is Rondale Moore over 41 and a half receiving yards. He surpassed this total in three of the last four games. And, and for the record, his snap share is really high, too. I think that's partly because Marquise Brown isn't in there. But really, what's interesting about the Cardinals is their target share, it's pretty condensed, more condensed than people think. Obviously, most of the targets go to DeAndre Hopkins. But then the next two are Rondale Moore, at, at least as of late, have been Rondale Moore and Zach Ertz. Uh, Rondale Moore has enjoyed 10 and 8 targets in two out of the last three games. He had one game in between that where he only had two targets, which was just a weird game against the Saints. But they're scheming him in space, which I like quite a bit. And... Um, he's also running routes from the slot that that's important to know because the Seahawks defense, they're actually pretty good against boundary receivers, but not so much against slot receivers. So I think Rondell Moore is going to get loose. I noticed that his catch prop is four and a half receptions. Uh, I wouldn't pick that because I actually think he can do his 41 and a half yards worth of damage on, on two to three catches. But for the record, that four and a half catch prop is juiced to the over. And I will note that Kyler Murray's prop is 25 and a half completions. Again, given that condensed target share, if he hits that number 25 and a half, which by the way, he blew that number out of the water last week, Kyler Murray did. Uh, if he gets to, let's say 26 completions, I suspect five to six of those are going to Rondale Moore. And I, I think he easily... Uh, gets past his 41 and a half receiving yards if that's the case. God, I love how you tie things together and make it all make sense. Dave, let me come over to you because on the other side, you've got a dynamic running back named Kenneth Walker. His number is 71 and a half, and he is quickly becoming my favorite running back to watch. Do you like the number? Minus 115. Uh, the number scares me just a little bit. I'm not going to take it, and I, I think you've got to have guts to take the under on it. So, I just I I know that this is an offense that wants to run the football a lot, and I agree with you, Coach. He is a fantastic running back. We're gonna love him in fantasy for a long time. I'm probably gonna steer clear of this one. All right, let's go right back to see, and then Alex, I'm coming to you. You have another prop, and it's about Kenneth Walker. Correct, Sia. It is about Kenneth Walker, and actually, that 71 and a half number it has moved just in the last oh. 10, 15 minutes. It's now 73 and a half. And it's minus 115 on both sides. That's at DraftKings. So, again, that just moved within the last 10 minutes. It was 71 and a half as of the time that this show started. I actually like the the under on Kenneth Walker of 73 and a half. Mm. Listen, I understand why anybody would want to be on the over here. But the under is where I'm going to go. The yards per carry to me with Kenneth Walker has been a little misleading. He's broken a couple runs over the last three or four games, sort of late in games. Now, granted... That happens with good running backs. Don't get me wrong. But this is a little bit of a different environment. And I think we're already seeing some of the regression from a yards per carry standpoint with Ken Walker rushing 18 times and only totaling 51 yards last week. Now, the Minnesota Vikings ran all over the Cardinals last week, but that was at Minnesota. This game is in Arizona. I expect the rush defense to be a little bit better. And I don't I think Ken Walker is going to mirror more of the yards per carry we saw last week rather than the yards per carry we saw when he played in Arizona at home in week six, where he had uh, 97 rushing yards. So I think we're going to see that regression. I understand why this number is going up to 73 and a half. I don't think it'll go up any further, but it's possible it hits 74 and a half. I, I think we're at our limit right now, but you could potentially wait on this number to see if it goes up even more. I think this is probably the highest it's going to go. I think at this point, people are going to start hitting the under, and that's certainly what I'm going to do. Chris in the chat said, under on Walker? You wild, Sia. You wild. It's LOL. not fun. I don't, it's not fun, but we, we don't bet for fun. We bet to be right. And so that, that's, that's where, right. that's where I'm going with Ken Walker. As Alex says, it's not for the faint of heart. Last question from the chat, Alex, to you, anyone like D hop this week? Hard not to like D hop. When we look at his target share, since he's returned to the team, hasn't skipped a beat. I expected some rust considering how long he was away from football, but looks absolutely phenomenal. And uh, yeah, not a bad matchup either on paper. So I've got no problem with D hop this week. All right. Is that time? Cause Dave's got to get out of here. He is a wanted man all over the place. So grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the recap courtesy of Jake, the snake on the ones and the twos very quickly prop stars. You see his plays, Travis 18 over one to three and a half rush and receiving yards. Devonte Adams under six and a half catches. JJ, anytime touchdown. Jared Goff, let's go under his completions, minus 137. Terry McLaren, over 67 and a half receiving yards, minus 115. Sia, four big plays so far. Rondell Moore, over 41 and a half receiving yards. Travis ATN, over 76 and a half on the ground. Darnell Mooney, oh, Mooney over 42 and a half receiving yards. And Kenneth Walker, we're fading him this week, under 73 and a half. Then finally, 
Uncle Dave, Zach Wilson over his pass attempts, 33 and a half. Tyler Conklin, same game, 27 and a half receiving yards. We're going to the over on that one. The P.J. Walker with the Panthers over 184 and a half passing yards. He's really starting to settle in. Then Justin Fields over 49 and a half rush yards. Love that play. Then Michael Batchley over one and a half field goals, plus 100 in that Packers and Lions game. Very quickly, you know, I like to end the show. Asking my cappers exactly what's the number one thing they're looking forward to the most. Dave, I know you got to run so quickly. Start us off. Uh, you got to bet on the money badger because his nickname is Money Badger. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and on that, Uncle Dave is out. You can catch him all the time on Fantasy Football Today and in a few minutes over on CBS Sports HQ. See ya. Literally, Uncle Dave just did a walk-off. He literally did a walk-off. What are you looking forward to this week? Props one. A Michael Badgley walk-off is <laughs> yeah. something I never thought I'd see. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to uh, me and Alex hitting the Travis Etienne bet. So I have this sort of hot-button issue that, that I talk about on, on some of the stuff I do about running backs and how unfairly they get treated just sort of in the NFL system, how they are used and abused. They usually don't have a good contract on the front end, and they don't get a good contract on the back end because by the time they're four or five, first year, first contract is up, four or five-year contract is up, then all of a sudden they're damaged goods. This is a guy, Travis Etienne, who tore his Achilles, and he's coming back, and he looks great. So I really hope he is one of the many ambassadors that we're going to have at the running back position that will actually have longevity coming off of a bad injury. So I'm really rooting for this prop. But more importantly, I'm rooting for Travis Etienne and his health uh, to for not just this year and this week, but beyond. No doubt about it. Those running backs need to get paid. They need to get paid, and they never do. Just a few. Alex, bring us home. Yeah, see, it took the words out of my mouth. I'm looking forward to the Travis Etienne show in Jacksonville. This guy has an absolutely dynamic talent, one of the best players in the NFL, in my opinion. And I'm also looking forward to Justin Jefferson getting into the end zone, cashing that prop, and doing one of his glorious dances that Coach loves more than anything. You know I hate it more than anything. My son does it now, and he almost got grounded just for doing the JJ dance. <laughs> All right, another great hour. And we love doing it. We're here every single week at 4 p.m. Eastern time with the guys. Uh, and we love it so much. But with that being said, there's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, love them all. Prop stars, see you in a job. Uncle Dave, Jake the Snake on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. We're here every single day, multiple times a day. I encourage you, turn on your notifications. So every single time we start a show, boom, ding, 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 you come in and join us and have a good time. That's what we're all about right here at the Early Edge. Good luck. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Hello? is a raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+.